Hello, everyone, and welcome to On Wednesdays We Watch One Tree Hill, the podcast where a bunch of nostalgic millennials sit around and talk about a TV show from the early 2000s that they either grew up with or have never seen before in their entire lives. As always, I am one of your co-hosts, Brody, and with me, as always, is Jesse. Oh, hey. And Caitlin. I'm not well. Nope. No, none of us are, because today we are talking about season six, episode three of One Tree Hill, titled Get Cape, Wear Cape, Fly, which, fun fact, is not a song. It is named after a British indie rock band. Get Cape, Wear Cape, Cry, more like it. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, the yeah. amount of selfies we sent to each other that were just sobbing of us in this episode. Yes, that, yeah, that it was happened. real cute. Yes. Yeah, I've never looked uglier. <laughs> Ugly and cries then, all around, ladies and gentlemen. Ugly the cries number all around. of selfies I take of myself crying at TV to send to people, like, it's it's an addiction. How, do, sent, how did that become a thing? That's what I never have understood. I don't get how that's a thing, but okay. Uh, social media. Okay, great, great. <laughs> Gotta do it for the Vine. Yeah. For the Vine. Wow. Okay. Listen, this was about the time that Vine was starting to come up, so leave me alone. Sure. Oh, dear Lord. Okay. All right. Let's let's talk about the episode, kids. So also said leave me alone. We're avoiding it. We're avoiding it. I know we are. I know we are. I know we are. This is avoidant behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here we go, kids. Buckle up. All right. So we open. Uh, with a voiceover of somebody talking about Quentin. And while that happens, we see Skills knock on Lucas's door, asking him if what he heard was true and that Quentin is really dead. Lucas confirms it, and Skills is obviously upset by it, and Lucas invites him in. Uh, the next morning, we see Nathan up bright and early at the River Court uh, to practice. He calls Q, asking him where he is, because Q's late for practice. To which then he sees Haley drive up, and we just get this really long shot of them on the river court where Haley's telling Nathan he drops his basketball and embraces Haley. Oh, that was yep. a beautiful, beautiful shot. It was, yes. Because it's like we don't, it's it's like we don't need to rehash like everyone being told. No. And One Tree Hill's like really good about this because I feel like we've seen this type of thing before where it's just like we don't. We only see the reaction. We don't hear the conversation. Yeah, they're very good about spreading the news without making us hear it the, the same way over and over and over again, right. which is very nice. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Then uh, we cut to Brooke, who is at Close Over Bros, and she's staring out the window. And the next thing we see is her grabbing her clothes off the racks and throwing them onto the street. Haley, yeah, completely wrapped. Yes, yes. Then Haley is uh, back home with Nathan and Deb, and she starts wondering how she's going to tell her students, which then immediately leads to, how am I going to tell Jamie? And Nathan's like, I'll, I'll tell him. And she's like, no, we, we will do it together. And at practice that morning, Lucas and Skills come in to the gym where everyone is first initially excited that uh, Lucas is back. He's back on the, he's back as coach. Everyone's very happy about it. And uh, it's very short lived, however, as Lucas and Skills then tell the Ravens about Q. Then we get one of the hardest scenes, which there's a lot of them, is Nathan and Haley explaining to Jamie about what happened to Quentin. Um, Jamie, they first tell him 
that Q had an accident and he's he's gone. And Jamie and first initially just asks, well, what about the Ravens? To the point where Haley just has to lay it out for him and tell him that Quentin is dead and it's okay for him to be sad. And Jamie just asks about Q's cape and leaves his room. And he's like, he's going to like it. You'll see. And he walks off. Ugh. Yeah. Thanks. I hate it. Uh-huh. So I believe uh-huh. this was the first time I cried. Yep. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> this this yeah. is when I texted you both and said, I forgot what happened last episode. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, honey. Well, no, this oh. isn't oh, like, but this is when it started hitting. And I'm like, okay, okay, here we yep. are. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I, okay. This might be, I don't know, a little dark. Who knows? But so there was a student that passed away um, when I was in eighth or ninth grade. I can't remember exactly. And they had a, a freaking assembly, like to make sure that all the students heard at the same time. Like, we all we got called into the gym and had an assembly and we heard about it from the school administrators and like the grief counselors were there and like so like it's weird to me that it feels like these students are finding out in basketball practice well and i here's and i thought about that well because basketball practice is before school so i'm sure lucas and skills told them beforehand to say, this is why Q's not at practice. Because it would be even worse to be like, oh, Q's just not at practice today. It's fine. Right. It's fine. And then two hours later, they find out that he's gone. Like, yeah. so I'm I'm assuming, I'm assuming Lucas talked to the administration and was like, guys, I have to tell the team now. We have to do something. Yeah, yeah, we can't just ignore it and then do the assembly first thing this morning. Because then when Haley comes in, all the kids already know. So I'm assuming an assembly yeah. happened. Yeah, yeah. It that. just it also felt like Haley was telling them, but maybe it was just me being distraught and not paying attention. No, she's not telling them. The kids are definitely already... knew. Yeah, mm-hmm. they all know. They all yeah. know. And and we'll we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, Sorry. But no, you're good. Um, but first we get Peyton, who is walking down the street towards Clothes Over Bros and find three women fighting over the clothes that Brooke is throwing out in the street. Absolutely hey, feral. <laughs> they were feral wildebeest with i like seriously feral white women picking up fashion off the sidewalk yes have you ever seen like a hyena trying to go after a leg of a zebra that's what (laughs) these women were doing or walmart on black friday yep hell yes over a big screen tv and a barbie (laughs) tickle me elmo no there it is yep (laughs) there it is god that's aging us it's fine it's fine yeah um but but Peyton initially grabs most of the clothes back from them and is like, back off, whatever. Um, and we're doing she, inventory. We're doing inventory. Everything's fine. Stop <laughs> it. Go away. Go away. And she asks Brooke what she's doing. And Brooke tells her it's her store. She can do what she wants. And she's very, very short and mean with Peyton, pretty much. And um, very rudely asks for her key back and asks what she's doing here. Because, you know, you moved out. I thought you moved out. Where's my key? Uh, because she says she just wants to feel safe in her own home. And Peyton asks her what's going on with her. And Brooke just rebuffs by asking, you know, what what are you doing here, Peyton? Why, why are you here? And Peyton tells her about Quentin and how that Lucas is a mess. And she thought she should know. Which shuts Brooke up immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's lots of. 
I mean, we've seen Brooke get so wrapped up in her own problems that she's oblivious to what's happening elsewhere mm-hmm. before. But this it's just another it's another, another level of it. Yeah, yeah, it's another level. Yeah. Yeah. Then we go to Haley, who comes into her classroom and does not know what to say to her students. We can clearly see that her students are upset. They don't know what to say. Um, and as she's talking to them, one of the kids just says, what's the point? He's gone forever. What's the point in all this? And Haley just tells him that there is no point. Yep. Yep. Oh. Then, uh, uh, then to completely change the tone, we go to Carrie and Dan. <laughs> Here we go, kids. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about Carrie and Dan. Like, I was so distraught about everyone finding out about Q that I straight up forgot that they were in this episode. Uh-huh. And I was really disappointed when they showed up. Right? Because <laughs> part of me was like, are they just not going to be in this episode? Because that'd be okay with me. Because I kind of forgot the complete ins and outs of this episode. Like, I remembered what happened, but I couldn't remember the specifics. So when I saw yeah. them, I'm like, okay, fine. I'm just like, God damn it. <laughs> we'll yeah. get crazy and limpy in the episode. It's fine. Oh, yeah, it, it was... Yeah, I don't know if it was like a welcome distraction from everything or if it that, was. That's true. It is It is kind of a palate cleanser in a really weird way to yeah. just not have the grief. But then there's also grief in part of it that comes on later. So right, it's just of course. all very, very sad. But anyway, we Carrie goes up to Dan and tells him that she has a new plan. Even if Dan's going to die, she's going to say, well, your dying wish was to see your grandson and you're going to have someone bring your grandson to see you on your deathbed out in this country house. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to kidnap Jamie and it's all going to be okay, And no one's going to realize that I did it. And he's like, well, someone's got to, you know, bring Jamie here. What are you going to do? And she's like, well, I certainly hope it's Haley. But anyways, whoever it is, I'm just going to kill him because remember, you're a murderer. (laughs) Girl. I, I just love the fact she goes, I hope it's Haley. I'm like, oh, God. Not even just I hope. I sincerely hope. Yep. 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 Oh, God. Unhinged. Uh-huh. Unhinged. Yes. Then we go back to Skills and Lucas, who are sitting in the gym. And Skills tells Lucas that he uh, was going to tell Q last night that he was proud of him. And he's proud of all that he's accomplished and what he's done Um in the last few months and he says he should have had tomorrow and it's just wrong that he's gone and lucas admits that he feels like he let q down by telling him to be you know a good teammate and a good role model for everybody and then lucas um did what he did and got suspended from you know those 10 games and it's at that moment that lucas and skills both realize you know and remember that q has a family he has a little brother and a mom and how are they handling all of this yeah yep. yep in the locker room jamie is looking at um the whiteboard of basketball plays as nathan um i think is cleaning out q's locker it from the like yeah. yeah yeah and he finds q's copy of lame is and jamie turns around and sees q's jersey and asks if he can have it and nathan says he thinks q would like that and he gives him a hug oh mm-hmm once again okay actor who plays jamie like i know Mm -hmm. he's older than five but still still 
oh, it's so, so good. Mm-hmm. He is so, like, grounded and... It's real. He's not an over-the-top child actor. It's grounded in right. such reality that you believe this child with every fiber of his being. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we go back to Crazy Town where Carrie puts a bullet into Dan's gun that we found out that she took from his beach house. This this woman is a fucking wackadoo. Oh. Yes. Just when yes. you think there aren't any levels of absolutely insane left for her to reach. Yeah, she like, goes there. Right. Yeah. And she does it while trying to seduce Dan question mark. What? Yeah, that was fucking weird. Like, I'm uh-huh. talking that up to he who must not be named being weird. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. It's just very weird. Because, yeah, she talks about how his gun was hidden in his de- in his bedside table under the suburban filth catalog. And then starts taking her top off, which is very weird. Or undoing a couple of buttons. And, yeah, it's, it's just weird. It's weird and it's dumb. Um, yes. But Dan... Then just asks her why she doesn't have kids of her own. You know, she's young, crazier than an outhouse rat, but she's young and she could have kids of her own. The most southern thing, <laughs> southern thing that has ever happened on this TV show is yep. crazier is... than an outhouse rat. I honestly, I don't even know if he excellent. said outhouse or crap house rat, which I think is even better if he said crap house rat. But anyway, um, and Carrie just responds and says she is going to enjoy killing him as she. Spins the gun or spins the um, bullets on the gun or barrel. Bear, thank you. Uh, I got you. Thank you, honey. <laughs> and points the gun at him, and then we see so a gun fire, but it's not her gun; it's Brooks' gun at the gun range. Another one of those quick cuts. Mm-hmm. The psych is out. Going, did she shoot him? No, <laughs> no, no. Um, okay, then, oh, here we go. The next scene that breaks me. Lucas, Peyton, Skills, Nathan, Haley, and Jamie all visit Quentin's family. And as they're going inside, Jamie sees Quentin's little brother uh, sitting in one of the swings in their front yard. And um, he kind of looks at Haley, and Haley says, yep, you can go play, just stay in the yard. And he sits next to the young boy and introduces himself. And the boy introduces himself to Jamie as Brandon Andre Fields, but everyone calls him Dre. And he says Quentin was his brother, and Jamie replies that Quentin was his friend. Oh. Then, uh, this is what broke me. Uh, Quentin's mother, Denise, comes to Lucas and everyone else and thanks Lucas first for sticking up for Q at his last game. She also says how highly he spoke of Skills and Nathan this whole time. But she really wants to thank Haley because she knew her son was talented with basketball, but she was very surprised the day she came home to find her son reading a book and said that he had to because of Mrs. James Scott. And Denise tells them all that they should all be very proud of how they helped Q live up to the greatness that God gave him. Destroyed. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, bye. Completely. completely. Okay, bye. Haley just replies that... um, that Denise's strength is inspiring. And Denise says her faith is giving her strength and that she knows she will see her son again someday. Uh, Uh, uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Then we go back to Dre and Jamie and they do the most normal kid thing ever. 
of saying what their favorite things are and <laughs> what their favorite thing their mom makes for dinner and what their grandmas are like and all this kind of, you know, silly, typical kid stuff. And um, Dre just says he doesn't want to go inside as it's too sad in there. And um, the adults all get ready to leave and they tell Jamie it's time to go. And um, Jamie follows them to the car, but then hesitates and looks at uh, Andre and grabs Quentin's jersey that he took from the car and gives it to Andre. So the second time I started sobbing (laughs) Uh was when Q's mom was talking about her faith and Uh knowing she was going to see her son again and Haley's face, especially while she's giving that speech, is just my heart on the floor in pieces. And then I got emotional whiplash because we go outside to the children and they're describing their grandmas. And Jamie (laughs) goes, my grandma wears tight pants. Uh (laughs) Yep. And then the third time I cried (laughs) was when Jamie handed Andre the jersey. Yeah. Absolute mess. Yep. Yep. And Haley just tells Jamie he's a really good kid. And that broke me. It's like, oh, God. Yeah. You're like, a good kid. You know that. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yep. he is. He's a really good kid. Yeah. Um, and then um, we see that they all end up going back to Nathan and Haley's house. And so uh, Deb sneaks skills away for a minute and apologizes to him for his loss. And skills admits it feels like it's all just a bad dream. And Deb asks if they found the person responsible for Q's death, but Skills says they haven't yet. Um, he says he should go back downstairs so, you know, they're not caught and they don't upset anyone else today. And Deb just tells him that she's here for him. And he says, yep, you're here for me. Q's gone and I don't know what to do. Yeah. Listen, I was really expecting in this season to get, like, maybe like a slapsticky romp of an episode where Nate finds out in a non-funereal capacity Mm -hmm. that his mom is fucking one of his high school friends. Um, I was really kind of looking forward to that moment. Um, But then this episode Uh happens. Uh Uh-huh. And it's kind of the best way to do it. It's the most tactful way. Sure. Okay. Sure. We'll talk about it when we get there, but oof. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then um, we cut to Brooke, who, before she comes over to Nathan Haley's, we see her standing in front of her mirror at her house. And what she's done to her mirror is she's drawn all over it in what looks like, it looked, it's lipstick, I'm pretty sure. Um, and she's documented her the bruises on her face in the mirror and immortalized them on her mirror. And around all the bruises are the following words. Payback, justice, avenge, strike back, punish, retaliation, and retribution. So she's in a really good place. Uh, uh-huh. Not at all. See, um, I'm not well. Brooke is really not well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but then we cut to Brooke being at Nathan and Haley's with everyone else. And Peyton says she can't believe that this happened. 
And Brooke then just lists off a bunch of really depressing statistics about attacks and assaults and everything else and ends with life sucks and then you die at the point which then she realizes that Jamie had come down and listened to the entire tirade she just went on. Um, She immediately apologizes and walks off and Haley follows her and asks her to tell her what's going on with her. And Brooke just says she's going through a lot with, you know, um, Angie leaving. Victoria and then her fall and Haley tells her about the therapist that uh, she and Nathan used whenever they were going through their rough patch and she thinks that she could be helpful for Brooke and Brooke agrees to take her number and make an appointment and Haley apologizes to her about everything that's happened to her and Brooke um, and asks Brooke if the bruises still hurt and Brooke just tells her that it all hurts. We love we love friends giving each other their therapist number. Yes, Mm -hmm. true friendship right there. Real friends don't gatekeep good therapists. That is the millennials' motto. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I love how supportive because arguably, like skills skills and Luke are having a bad time with this, but Nathan and Haley are not only having to mourn this student, this person they were both mentoring, Mm -hmm. but also having to guide their five-year-old through Mm -hmm. the death of someone important to them, right? But they are still so supportive to all of their friends. They are so, it's just so nice to watch them this episode. They've like Mm -hmm. got their shit figured out and they're like ready to, step into the role of the parents of the town. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's nice to see all of them because they all really are there for each other, including, like, Peyton. She's there for Lucas. She's there for Brooke. It's really nice to just see everybody being very supportive, very good, and, you know, really good friends. It's a really good thing to see in a really yeah. sad episode. Yeah. Yeah. Then uh, we go back to Dan, who um, manages to finally get out of his restraints and tries to make a run for it outside with a broken leg. Go, Danny, go! He makes it past um, a a play gym thing and ends up falling down because, you know, he has a broken leg. Isn't that a broken femur? Yeah, pretty much. Like the big one. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the big I'm one. no doctor, but that's a big one. I mean, that's the part that got hit by the car really hard. That's like bumper to femur. <laughs> My least favorite fairground game. Bumper dear, femurs. Dear God. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> and we lost Caitlin. Everybody all right? Yeah. Broken. Broken. Caitlin. <laughs> okay. Officially. You okay there, honey? Okay, we got a thumbs up, everybody. We're going to keep going here. We're going to carry on. But yeah, so Dan trips and he looks up and finds a very small grave um, with a cross sticking out of it. And the next thing he sees is Carrie standing above him, telling him to give to get his filthy murdering hands away from her son. And then she hits him on the head with a shovel. Okay, listen, she hit him real hard. Yeah. That should have killed him. Yep. Yeah. Like. But we know how hard-headed Dan Scott is, so it probably didn't even phase him. I mean, yeah, but still. 
I know. Like, let's go. His skull is only so thick. Let's go through the list in the, from the last five seasons of shit that did not kill Dan Scott. Right. <laughs> and right. add shovel directly to the skull. Yep. To that we mess. can add it to heart attack and getting set on fire. Uh-huh. Yep. God. Yeah. All right. Then uh, we go back to uh, Tree Hill High. And outside of it, there is a memorial that the kids have set up for Q. And Haley and Nathan stand outside and look at it. And Haley admits to Nathan she does not know what to say to her class. As she admits, she's just 22 years old and she can't make sense of this. And Nathan uh, just reaches into his bag and hands her Quentin's copy of Les Miserables and says that she got through to Q, she can get through to them. Yep. Good. Good husband is good. Mm -hmm. Good husband is good husband. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in her class, uh, Haley walks in to find uh, a new girl named Samantha Walker, which, if you didn't notice, is also shoplifter girl. Oh, we noticed. Yes. Oh, we noticed. Yes. Yes. Um, Sitting at Q's desk. And she immediately asks her to sit at the other empty desk. And when she asks why, Haley just says, because that seat is taken. Bitch, read the room. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Then Lucas and Skills are talking to the team and tell them, um, Lucas says that he wishes he could take this pain away from them. And he's sorry that he can't. And Skills says that it's okay to feel sad and even angry about the situation, about what happened to Q. But when it all gets too much for them, they can always talk to Lucas, Skills, or Nathan at any time. And Nathan tells them, that he's going to look back at the best memories of Q and that's what they should do because that's how Q's memory will live on forever. Yeah. Yep. Sure. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. 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 Yep. Something that didn't occur to me until just now is yes, they're grieving Q. Yes. These kids are grieving their friend. And, but I feel like it's really important to point out how hard Lucas and skills drive home that like, when it all gets to be too much, come to us for help. We're here for you. Yeah. And cause you know, they've got like it, like they've got to be thinking about Jimmy. Yeah. Well, Oh yeah. Right. I mean, that's the thing. Like it, 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 They've yeah. been through this. Yeah. They've been through a tragedy like this before. And we saw how hard everybody struggled with that when they were in high school, when they were 17, 18 years old, dealing with this. Right. Yeah. Literally, all three of them are the best people to, like, mentor and, like, shepherd these teenagers through a lost life due to gun violence. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Then uh, we go to Brooke, who comes to visit Peyton. And immediately, you know, asked, says, are you still moving in? And Peyton's like, yes, I'm just trying to keep busy with everything. And Brooke then apologizes to her and says, I have something for you. And hands back her key that she made Peyton give back. And she apologizes for transferring all of her anger at Victoria to her earlier. And Has Peyton she accepts- already been to therapy? <laughs> like... <laughs> Well, this bitch know. is using therapy words. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that she just realized, you know, very similarly to how um, 
you know, earlier in season five when Peyton takes Nathan in a wheelchair to the pediatric ward of the hospital mm-hmm. that like, yeah, her shit's rough, but don't take it out on everyone else. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, which Peyton happily accepts the key back and tells Brooke that she also has something for her and takes her into her, to her and Lucas's bedroom where we see Peyton got all of the clothes that Brooke threw out of clothes over bros back after she had to wrestle all of those girls. She's like, I had to wrestle them and a couple homeless people, but it's fine. I got all the clothes back. It's fine. <laughs> and Brooke just tells her she can keep them. And Peyton just replies to her. You know, she tells her that life is too short to fight this hard and be this miserable. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, yep. that's such a great quote. Yep. Yeah. Then uh, we go back to Haley's class and she tells them that she was wrong earlier when she said there is no point in any of this. And um, she says that she should have said to them that she doesn't know because she admits to them that not long ago she was sitting right where they are and wondering the same thing about this something so dark and tragic and awful. And she still wonders about it just like they do. And then she tells everyone this is a literature class, right? So take a piece of paper out, put everything else away, but get a piece of paper out. And she, you know, tells them about when archaeologists uncover civilizations, they find stories most often because people have always wanted to know what's the point of everything. And they've wanted to tell their stories. And she tells them your assignment is to write about Quentin. She tells them through their words, they may find clarity or peace in all of this, even if they did know him or if they didn't. And she walks around the classroom and finds that um, someone has wrote on Q's desk, we miss you. And she asks who wrote it. And we find out it was the kid from earlier who asked about what's the point in all this. And he, he admits that he wrote it. And she says, where's your marker? And she takes the marker from him and writes a quote from Les Miserables on it. And then she asks, who's next? And the entire class all get up to sign Q's desk, except for Samantha, which Haley then walks past her. And we realize that Haley recognizes her from the security tape that Brooke gave her because she compliments on Sam's shirt and asks if it's from clothes over bros. This is James yep. Scott is uh, smarter than everyone thinks she is. Yes, yep. she is. Yes, she is. She's been the mother in this town for far too long for anyone to pull anything over on her. She's been the mother in this town since she was 16 years old. Accurate. Yep. And that's and just what we learned from her. the best. <laughs> right. And that's just even when we met her. Cause like we said, headcanon has always been that when all these kids were really, really little, Haley was the voice of reason for Lucas skills, mouth, Jimmy, <laughs> junk and Fergie. Absolutely. Which is a motley crew to begin with. Holy hell. She was also in the Karen Rowe Apprentice program. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. She fast-tracked that very well. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Then, speaking of Haley, we go back home, and Haley is now getting ready for the funeral. And Jamie asks why she's getting ready to leave again. And she reminds him that, you know, that her and Nathan are going to the funeral. And Jamie's going to go to the sitters. And he asks her what happens at a funeral. And she tells him, well, it's when we can say goodbye to Quentin. And Jamie just looks at her and runs off. We then go to Lucas and Peyton and they talk about how hard it has to be for Nathan and Haley to explain all of this uh, to Jamie. And um, Peyton asks how the team's doing as well. And he says, you know, they're taking it really hard. He wouldn't be surprised if they forfeit the rest of the season because they just don't want to play. And he then apologizes to Peyton 
that, you know, with everything, he hasn't, they haven't even talked about their wedding or making plans or anything. But Peyton tells him that the wedding can wait. And she wishes that she could help him more. But Lucas says that she already is by just being there for him. Cute. Yep. Yep. Yes. This, is all, this is all I needed and wanted. Like, minus the death, the tragic death of a teenager thing. But, like, like mm-hmm. just Peyton and Lucas being together. It's all, it's all anyone's ever wanted this entire fucking time. Mm-hmm. And fuck this TV show for, uh, you know, truly everything. Now. Period. <laughs> yeah. Everything is a good answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. But also, like, Lucas, when he loves Peyton and admits it, he loves her so much. Like, yeah. The yeah. Thing. And, and the thing that I think I'm realizing why we love how everyone's acting this episode, and I think it's something that I think we're going to have to look at forward, going forward to see how it goes. Um, is this going to make them grow up a little more? You know what I mean? Yeah. They're, they're, are they are they going to be even more of an adult now after all this experience? Because Lucas is very much handling this a lot better than he would have, say, a year ago. Yeah. You know, and things like that. And it's just it's yeah, it's refreshing to see them acting like adults. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I would argue going back to the Lucas and Peyton thing, like I fully agree with you, Brody, mm-hmm. but I am realizing that the times in the show where Lucas is the most insufferable, mm-hmm. it's the the like deepest depths of shitbag Lucas is when he is pretending he is not in love with Peyton. Facts. Yep. Yep. And it's true. Yep. Yeah. And when he admits he just loves her, um, he's, he's good. great. He's, he's he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good guy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay, then we get another one of my favorite scenes um, for entirely different reasons. We get Brooke getting ready to go to the funeral and her doorbell rings and we find out it is Nathan. And she immediately says that she wishes that she could do something for them today with everything going on. Um, but Nathan turns the tides and tells her that, uh, well, he and Haley were wondering if there was anything that they could do for her as, you know, he knows she's going through stuff and he has some really good experience with bad parents. And Uh she immediately says that, no, 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 she's just fine. But Nathan responds and tells her that, you know, that that's the response I would have given with everything going on in my life. And he tells her that losing Q is hard and it's going to be hard on his family. But he reminds her that everyone is still there for her no matter what. And he tells her she knows that he gets it and that he's been there. And he tells her that he might be just a little pissed off at her for not talking to him if it gets bad. And he ends it by hugging her and saying she's done very well for a girl who supposedly never stood a chance. (sighs) It was so good. Such a nice reminder that they were friends. Mm -hmm. Yep. Like long before any of them liked Lucas and Haley for that matter. Yep. Yeah. (sighs) Good for them. Yep. Good for Nathan for being a good friend to her. Just mm-hmm. the best dude. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. dang, man. Yep. Yeah. Then um, we get a quick, there's sort of a montage here at the end, but they're all long. So just bear with me here. Um, in the gym, we see skills um, looking around and beginning to cry. We see Haley and Nathan start to say goodbye to Jamie as they're going to the funeral, but they turn the corner and see Jamie in his suit 
with his tie done up really badly. And he's got the box that Quentin gave him. And he says he wants to go and say goodbye to Quentin. No. And that Haley, was the fourth time I cried. Yep, I am yep. welling up just thinking about it. Yep, <laughs> yep. And Haley reminds him it's going to be very sad. But Jamie just says he's already sad. And Haley says he's right. He was Quentin's friend and he deserves to say goodbye to him. Yeah. Ah! Did we? Uh, I have a question. Answer. We skipped Nathan's story about the dead body. Oh my oh god! Oh my god, we did. How did I miss it? Very important piece of uh, oh hilarity and context, especially oh given that it was the reason they decided Jamie shouldn't go to the funeral. Wow. Yes. Okay. Well, let's just go back and we can talk about that. Wow. I don't know how I skipped that. Okay. So a while ago, guys. Um, after. <laughs> Like, at least four scenes ago. <laughs> I'm glad this is happening. I'm glad this is happening. It breaks everything up. It's fine. This so is like after... four emotional breakdowns ago. Yes, <laughs> like... yes. yes. Um, this was after they left uh, Quentin's house. And um, so they're back home. And Haley, um, it, it's, oh, yes, it's before Deb sneaks skills away. Um, but after they leave Quentin's house, Haley is upstairs putting the finishing touches on Q's cape. And she tells Nathan that she's not sure Jamie should go to the funeral as it's going to be too sad for him. Nathan understands as we find out that he was forced to go to his great grandfather's funeral when he was just Jamie's age at five years old and was scarred for life by Dan by making him kiss the dead guy. My God. I feel a little less bad about how hard Carrie hit him with the shovel <laughs> after that interaction. Not gonna lie. Right? right? Oh, God. Yeah, kiss your great-grandpa. Oh, Yuck. God. Yeah. Dan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God. Anyway, sorry. That totally okay. was my bad on it, but I'm kind of happy that happened. Okay. And Nate said, Nate said, your thing with clowns, talking to Haley, your thing with clowns, my thing is dead bodies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, old dead guys. Old, old dead, dead guys. He kept saying old dead guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. I just love that it was so specific. Not funerals, not dead people. No. Nope. Old dead guys. Specifically old dead guys. With yep. makeup on. With makeup with on. Makeup did on. say that multiple times as well. Old dead guys with makeup on. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, back to my heart breaking in a million pieces is Jamie standing there with, with his tie not done up properly because he can't tie a tie because he's five and the box. And he's, he's like, I want to say goodbye to Quentin. And they're like, yes, you can go say goodbye to your friend. Um, yes. Then we go to Quentin's funeral. And we see his casket been, be brought in and his family following behind as the funeral starts. And we immediately cut from there to Carrie, tightening Dan's restraints as Dan uh, says he is sorry for her loss. And she just tells him to shut up. And he asks what her son's name was. And she continues to tell him to shut up. And he reminds her, that she can't replace her son with Jamie and she knows deep down he's never coming back no matter what you do. Uh, yeah. Is Dan going to reason his way out of this crazy woman's murder cabin? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she hit him in the head with a shovel. So what yeah. do you think? I don't know. I think maybe she knocked something right. 
Maybe this post-shovel Dan wouldn't make his five-year-old son kiss kiss a corpse. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Dear God. Who knows? Yeah. So that happens. We go back to Quentin's funeral. And we see Deb watching Skills struggle at the funeral to keep it together. And she walks over and stands by his side and puts her arm around him. Nathan sees this and is visibly uncomfortable. That is a very nice way to put it. (laughs) Yeah, that is a really nice way to put it. But also, like, don't get me wrong. I'm glad that Deb decided, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to be there for him because he's devastated. But also... Time and place? You have have to know. Like, you have... Like, she absolutely was like, well... At least Nathan can't freak out because we're at a funeral. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> like, she's probably like the the Nathan can't turn around and go, What the hell, mom? Yep. Which is his favorite saying to say to her at this point. What the hell, mom? I mean, yeah. Can you blame him? No, no, I <laughs> I know. We know Deb's antics very well, you know, and this is just the tame stuff where she's just having lots of sex and going topless in the pool. This was yep. this isn't even when she was a junkie Deb and you know, lighting dealerships pants. on fire. Oh, God. Yeah, Deb in the tight pants. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> then um, after that, we see uh, the the Ravens um, come into the funeral and give Denise, each of them give her a hug before they stand as a team in front of Quentin's casket. Andre <laughs> sees this, and he immediately puts on Q's jersey that he's got with him, and he stands up with the rest of the team. This nope. is the moment that I went from quietly weeping to openly sobbing. Uh-huh. Like, ugly, no. heaving. The last time I cried this hard was when I got broken up with a year ago. Like, that's how hard. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that's how hard this whole thing made me cry. What got me was that. And then the voiceover starts again. And we f- realize who the voice is. And what it's about, it is Samantha reading out her paper that she wrote about Quentin. And it is beautiful and poignant and heartbreaking all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And while that's happening, we get a quick uh, shot of Carrie putting fresh flowers on her son's grave. And we go back to the funeral as it ends and everyone is walking away from the casket and Jamie instead um, walks the opposite direction towards Quentin's casket. And we see Brooke tell Nathan and Haley that she'll she'll stay with Jamie. She's got him. And Jamie stands in front of it until he opens up the box that Quentin gave him, and he pulls out the finished red cape that Haley and Jamie made for Quentin, and he drapes it over his casket. This final shot was it for me. And as I he was- does... I, it was like a beautiful TV weep, just like a silent mm-hmm. weeping, mm-hmm. strong, yep. you know, not, not yep. going to let it get me down. And this last shot destroyed me. Yep. And as he does that, we see Brooke break down finally and start shedding tears for the first time since her attack. And we just see Jamie's little hand go up to Brooke's <laughs> and hold her hand as the camera pans away from them. Oh, 
And what kills me is the the end of uh, Sam's monologue thing is that it says something like when Quentin was on the court, it seemed like he could fly and now he can't. And it's just sobbing, crying, weeping, sobbing, sobbing, crying. And the episode ends. Screaming, crying, throwing up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what did we think of the episode? I mean, Uh, yeah. I knew it was going to not be a good time, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm emotionally exhausted after that yes. episode. I will <laughs> say this. It is one of the best episodes of that entire television series mm-hmm. for all very good reasons, but it is a very hard to watch sometimes. Yeah. And it's just like, I, you know, I know this is, like it's a teen soap opera and so like there's gonna be drama and stuff and some of it's gonna be a little outrageous but like these writers write grief so well what i think is coping with grief yeah yeah what i think is done so well is that yeah we do get sometimes the -the over-the-top storyline but then everything comes crashing down to reality and everything then just feels so real and raw and emotional that it just grounds everything and makes you fall in love with the entire show over again instead of the overtop crap that's going on. You know, Dan getting hit by a car and getting kidnapped by some crazy lady to make it think that he's still in a hospital. Like, that's crazy pants. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I... The show does do death well. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. or handle the aftermath of losing someone well. And that's yeah. not something that a lot of teen dramas can say. No. You know? Agreed. Um, uh, a little insight into uh, my my home this evening. Ben was out of town the last time when we watched the first two episodes of season six and uh, hasn't caught up yet. So I <gasps> banished him. And he walked in after the episode to me just like... And he's like... What is going on? <laughs> You're so, like, Ben, no. you got homework. Watch three episodes and catch up. Yeah. Oh, ben. <laughs> so next time we, uh, next week, next episode, I will have a little update for everyone about his emotional state after these first three episodes that he is absolutely going to binge to get, th- to get through them. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. How do you think he's going to react when it's not Brooke? I... Like, that like Lucas doesn't pick Brooke. I you both were very much in that camp. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think he's gonna be more surprised than I was, uh, because I forgot my prediction by the time I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. There we go. There we go. Fair uh, enough. No, he uh I don't know. He is just as emotionally invested in the show as I am, if not more. Um yeah. so uh, it's we it's love that for the fun. both of you. Yeah. So it's going to be very fun. Um, Yes, but it's a very sad episode. I, but I love it. It's, it's also a very good episode. Like I said, it's one of the best of the show. It's one that I think, um, I think always sticks out in people's and fans minds when they think about this show. Um, Because I can, I mean, there's, there's few episode titles that you just remember. And that is, this is one of them that any, you know, hardcore One Tree Hill fan remembers get cape, wear cape, fly. Right, Caitlin? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I didn't remember the name of that episode. Ah, but okay. 
I also, let's keep in mind, I think we've talked about this before, that when I rewatch this TV show, I very often don't make it past season five. Yeah. Um, that's kind of where I end up getting distracted and watching something else. Yeah. Um, Cause you've Partly. only seen, you've only seen for the first time through probably like what season six, seven, maybe eight. Yeah. Okay. So, oh God. Yeah. I would say season seven and eight. I've seen once mm-hmm. season six. I've seen twice. Okay. But, and season nine, I still haven't seen. So ladies and so gentlemen, we're slowly, we're slowly going into a realm where instead of two of us know what's going to happen, only one of us is going to know what happens. <laughs> yeah, we're it's getting gonna there. It's going to be very interesting. <laughs> so cool. Anything else we want to add about this episode before we wrap up? Um, not so much this episode, but I will say um, one thing I appreciate about this epi- this show is that they are great at correcting the tone after one of these episodes. Because mm-hmm. in season three, we had episode 316, we had stages of grief, and then we had weird weird Rachel cabin trip with Pete Wentz from Fallout Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are great at uh, fixing the tone after they break our hearts. So I'm really hoping we get something next episode. But what do you mean by something? Like a partial romp. Like a uh, coping with our feelings, getting back to real life, still acknowledging we're sad, but life can be a romp sometimes. That kind of One Tree Hill episode is what I want. Okay. Well, I mean, we already know that the Deb and skills of it all is going to be addressed. Oh, yes. And that in and of itself is going to be hilarious. Yes. So So there is that. It is something I don't appreciate a lot about this TV show, but I do appreciate how the tone, how they can cha- fix a tone mm-hmm. real quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Coolio. All right. Well, you guys are just going to have to tune in next week to see if Jesse's right. And if there's even a partial romp going on in this episode. So thank you guys so much for listening as always. Don't forget to like rate and subscribe to the podcast really does help us out in the long run with all those lovely algorithms showing people what shows they want to listen to. Uh, follow us on social media. We are everywhere at On Wednesday's Pod. Uh, you can, uh, if you want to interact with us, most often you can find us on Instagram. So hit us up in those Instagram DMs. That's usually the best place to find us. If you have any questions, comments, and or concerns, we would love to hear from you guys. And yeah, we will see you guys next week for another fun-filled episode, I'm sure, of On Wednesdays We Watch One Tree Hill. We'll see you guys then. Bye. Bye. Bye.